the Not Just You podcast is social commentary. It's a conversation. It's a back and forth. It's a song and dance of critical thinking. Oh, critical thinking. I like that. Yeah. Something we need more of, right? Yeah. Absolutely. So come on in the room and join us. Listen, we're here just to remind you. It's, it's not, not just you. Seven Shades is a Black-owned, female-owned business that specializes in art and decor. Whether it be a graphic tee, a custom art piece, or a cute accessory, Seven Shades will help you unleash your creativity. Visit the website at sevenshades.com. That's S-V-N shades.com. And use code NOTJUSTYOU for 15% off your order. Welcome back to another episode of the Not Just You podcast. My name is Lauren Nicole. And I'm Kaziah. And we are joined once again by Mr. Dean. Hi, Dean. Hello. (laughs) And we're continuing our last conversation about single mothers and F-boy conspiracies. We just want to kind of jump back in and get some more perspective um, from our lovely guests and share some ideas. So, so Kaziah, you have some thoughts? Yeah, so we were discussing um, a clip that we, Lauren and I, came across here recently. Um, And there were two guys, it's actually in New York City, because of course it was. And (laughs) it was a clip we came across. (laughs) My bad. (laughs) Um, And these two guys were having a conversation, and the guy, they were in their maybe mid to late 50s. Um, and a guy was mentioning that he had just gotten out of a relationship. And so he had hit up, um, all the people that I think he used to talk to and a lot of, and he said all of them ended up being single mothers. Anyway, they had given him so much grief about wearing a condom when they were together that they ended up being single mothers anyway. And that was, and that was the punchline. That was the punchline. It was almost like a badge of honor for him. And the other guy he was talking to was like, man, you can't say right. that. You know, he was like, um, single mothers are great. And he was like, yeah, right. Kind of doubling down on what he had said. Very sarcastically. Yeah. Very sarcastically. And yeah, that's as angering as that is, it's also terrifying. It's terrifying. It's because there are older men that think that way. There are younger men that think that way. And what what do we do, Dean? <laughs> That's that's something to navigate. That's something for uh, women who are seeking to be married to men. That's something to navigate. What do we do? That's that's the question. That, that's... Sorry, I apologize. That's a no, I mean, I didn't want Is it? Am, yeah. I, am, I, am I picking that up and running with? It? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. That's that's a big question. But yeah, it is yeah. a big question. That is that's a that's a very big question. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I will I will draw again from personal experience. Um, 
I after after a tough breakup, I I was in the presence of somebody who I'd previously been romantically involved with. And the vibe, it was just a good vibe, you know, and I I I asked the question, what you ever like think about it? would you be open to the possibility of maybe exploring like, you know? And shots of the pride, but a healthy one. And I've never gone back to the conversation again. She said, mm, I'm not going to like write it off, but I'm not in the habit of revisiting things that have closed for me already. And I said, oh, thanks. Oh, and I think that was such a healthy response. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. For me, because it, helped me to realize that everybody was not looking at this the same way that I was. I was like, we were good back then. We'd probably be good. Back. Like, but my thoughts on it, my hopes for it were not shared by her. And that's phenomenal. That's dope for her to let me know that up front. Um, it also caused me to think about what the merit was in me re-exploring a thing that had closed for me already. Mm-hmm. And I had I, nothing in me was going to make myself ask that question. It was her saying that, that made me kind of re-examine that. I say that to say, um, one of the things that I think should be done is an examination of self on both sides, Mm -hmm. right? I think we have to be comfortable and confident in who we are as individuals as single people, I think had she or I been so starved for intimacy, Mm. for connection, Mm -hmm. you know, had we been living in this kind of nostalgic rear view mirror type of existence, Mm -hmm. we may very well have started back on a journey that was not healthy for either one of us. So I, I don't know that this is, this is certainly not the magic pill, but I just think this about people as a, as a whole, like in general across the board. I, th- I think we are not as comfortable in a room by ourselves, no noise, no distractions, just our thoughts, just our reflection, just our meditation, just our prayer. We are not as comfortable with that as we ought to be if we are really trying to avoid going back down paths we should not, mm-hmm. opening ourselves up to temptations and pitfalls, right? Like we just need to get caught. Com- and it's it's hard. I know it's hard. We but it there's there is and part of this is part of this experience, and part of this is, is is a is a desperate plea. There has to be a treasure on the other side of of working to develop that kind of comfort with ourselves. Yes, yes, has to be. Right? I believe has, has to be. Has yes. to be. It hurts. Yes. Being lonely hurts too much for there to be no benefit on the other side. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know. That's that's a thought that I'm having. That's probably the only uh, yes. thing I can offer for what do we do? Because that is a that is a heavy question that you asked. It's a big question. I think that we 
subconsciously and not always subconsciously, sometimes consciously, um, claw for distractions mm-hmm. to avoid kind of sitting alone with our thoughts. Because if we, for some of us, for a lot of us, if we are alone with our thoughts for too long, we can really be consumed. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of us are terrified of what could happen if we are alone with our thoughts. And that's the only thing you got. It's just your thoughts. It's just you and your thoughts. And so we claw for distractions. We claw for just something to get my mind off of it. Let me go get this third, fourth, fifth degree. Let me go uh, do this. No, the snow. I'm not throwing shade. Not Look, because I'm not it's saying it's you. I'm not shooting. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ricky. I'm not, I'm, not, <laughs> no, I'm not talking about you, Laura. I promise I'm not. Yeah, I know. I know, I know. <laughs> but I'm just saying. You know, whether people go get degrees, whether they go get a second job, which honestly in this economy, let's be honest. Let's, let's that might just be good sense. That might just be good sense. <laughs> <laughs> but just different things that we do to keep busy. You always out in them streets. You always doing something. You always here. You always there. You always, you always, you always something to keep busy just as long as I'm not alone with my thoughts. And then you have those people who have become subject to life sitting you down. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yes. 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 And mm-hmm. that's all you have is you, your thoughts, and your sanity that's been barely hanging on. Mm. So you 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 hit the nail on the head. Dean. Uh, yeah, I think if people were to do that, can you imagine if people were to feel comfortable enough to sit with the thought, why do I even think this way? Yeah. Why is this the first thing I go to or the first thing I consider when this comes to mind? If you people to really sit down and critically think about why they think the way they think. Mm-hmm. Because, I, think I mean, for this conversation, even like you go through a breakup and your first response mm-hmm. is to hit up all the people you used to talk to, like immediately. Like you, you didn't take any time to like reflect what just happened. Am I heartbroken? Am I angry? Am I sad? Like and, and you all, probably all of those things. Yeah, right. Yes. And and then you hit yes. up every every single last person. Like what what is your end game in mind? And, and I'm listen, I'm willing to bet money that she broke up with him. You know it. I'm willing you to bet it. money. He wouldn't be feeling away if she didn't. And as you were speaking, it made me think about the idea that like we're constantly interfacing with the world the way that we feel about our own selves on the inside, right? Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. most of the time our POV is us it's our own projection, right? And so mm-hmm. in going back and seeing what everybody's been up to while I've been, you know, I've been committed. So, you know, he, he has this, he's virtue signaling to say, well, I wasn't 
entertaining none of that while I was in a relationship. So, you know, mm. I'm a good guy. But now that that's done, I can go back and, and do this. So there's no question of his integrity as so he thinks. But mm. if you're paying attention, you can see, right? But like going back to see mm. and then being mm. like, aha. Because at first my thought was, why is your, why did your mind go, oh, well, you got away from me, but you didn't get away. But then as you were continuing to speak, it was like, oh, I'm hurt. I'm bitter and angry. And you are too. You're not better than me. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like it didn't pan out stuff. for you the way that you thought. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I'm mm. hurt, but your stuff sucks too. Wow. Yeah. So I was trying to think about the mindset. Like how does one have this resentful kind of mindset that that's what you go to but it's because of his own inner world he's at his age his relationship has has ended there's not much there looking around we don't know if he has kids or not himself but what is that to say Hmm. yeah just some unhealed just that's where we we unfortunately walk around as just unhealed traumatized um folks who yeah don't yeah. know what we're doing hell even those of us who are in therapy sometimes you know be like <laughs> it's like sorry right, just... i didn't step on your toe you know what i mean i'm, I'm right. still working thing. i'm still so, working let alone you know let alone people who are like like that meme you posted today when it was like, oh, I don't need therapy. Someone says the person who was wreaking havoc on the mental health of everybody else. All right. God help us. Yeah. So that was interesting. So thank you for offering that perspective. Ultimately, people need to sit with themselves. It's, It's true. Not I don't know. Therapist recommended. What'd you say? <laughs> What'd you say? Not not therapist recommend. Sit, sit with yourself. Sit with yourself. Sit with yourself. Indeed. 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 I used to get. I ain't gonna lie. I used to get. I used to get frustrated with my therapist because she would allow just this quiet time in our sessions. I'm like, girl, you are on the <laughs> clock. Say something. Say something. <laughs> Ask that me is question. Fix me. I'm paying now. you for this hour. This like, brain. I could have did this by myself. Job, <laughs> but she would allow for quiet space, and then I would say something that she calls profound, and then she was like, "There it is." I'm like, you know what? You don't know me, lady. <laughs> you don't know me. <laughs> oh my goodness, that is fun, me, honey. So. Yeah. You know, what were you about to say, Lauren? I was going to say, I think that this is a good segue into one of the questions that I have, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so remember in our first conversation, you mentioned that oftentimes um, young boys who might be growing up without um, like a father in the home mm-hmm. are finding themselves piecing together what it means to be a man from composites of men around them and sometimes that's not even you know the pastor or the coach it might be a rapper or you know someone like that um my question was 
at what point does a man realize that the composite doesn't work? <laughs> yeah, I have a good night. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go do some quantum physics. I just just give myself a break from. <laughs> oh man! I'm gonna choose something a little sl- slightly more possible than right. answering this question. Um, I came out swinging. <laughs> Do some men realize that the composite doesn't see the little worn? I, I think. Listen, I think I think I think every man realizes it, and I oh. think every man realizes it more than once. Mm. Knowing and doing something about it are two very different things. True, but I I think. I've come face to face with it often enough that I feel pretty confident saying it's impossible that nobody else, that no other dude experiences this. You realize that who you are, um, there's a fly in the ointment. There's an aspect of yourself that either does not work or like you're running the projections and it's just, you, you know, it's not going to work. And you're not the man that you want to be. And you recognize that the current configuration of masculinity that you are operating with isn't going to get you to that person. Hmm. Um, and with help, good friends, insightful family, therapy, you begin to kind of unwrap your identity to to like find I'm using a lot of analogy like mixing a lot of analogies here but it's like the the princess and the pea like you got to lift the mattress and find where the thing is mm-hmm. like oh this is yeah. the part that's not compatible right it's it's um for, like for me, it's it's a lot of this this sense of duty and responsibility that will steamroll over my own wellness. Like I have twenty year old grief that I don't even know how to examine because for me there are so many of the things that need to be done. I have to mm-hmm. hold planets in place. How can I possibly take time away from doing that to focus on this thing that like I'm functional? It must not need to, mm. like, it, to go back to that conversation of what is a need, it, I must not need to address this because I'm functioning. Right. I, I just celebrate my 41st birthday. I'm, I I made it, okay? Right. So the hard work for me is like, but did you make it happy? And would you be okay if the next 20, 30 years you were existing at this level? Or do you want more for yourself? Because you won't get that more if you don't deal with a thing. So I'm at the point right now at 41 of like, dang, this this current configuration is not optimized. And where did that come from? Where did that notion that I had to put my wellness on hold to make sure that the people Mm. around me were good? Who did I get? Who taught me that? Mm. What was my model that showed me that? And I have a sense of who it might have been. 
and I can't I can't kill the memory of the person, which is its own work of being like, I can't kill the memory of you. I have to honor the memory of you, but also this thing you gave me is not good for me. Mm. And I have to hold room for your goodness in totality while being honest with myself about the badness of this one specific thing. That's good. I think you said something. I mean, everything you said was chef's kiss. <laughs> but you touched on something, and I don't know if you realize that you touched on it. Um, I want to say this the right way. The aging out of what we've been taught. Mm. is the way to do things the the outdating of the way mm-hmm. you know we used to hear all the time there's only one way to do a thing mm. or one way to be or one way to behave one way to you know and that's that's just not true yeah. <laughs> it's just not true here's the thing it wasn't necessarily true then. It's even less true now. Mm-hmm. And so our generation has seen a lot. We've seen a lot. Um, we've also seen a lot of advancements. We've seen a lot change. We've seen a lot grow. We've seen a lot develop. And some stuff just don't apply no more. That aging out, I think, is something that's important to accept. It's important for us to accept. Those before us may never accept it. And mm. that's between you and the Lord. Okay? Uh, <laughs> but I think it's important for us to accept that we we're the we're the we're the grown-ups now. We're the we're the decision makers, mm-hmm. and we have aged out of the kid in the back seat with the muffins attached to the snowsuit. That's that's not us anymore. We're we're the ones putting putting the kids in the back with the mittens attached to the snowsuit. Shoot, some of us got grandkids. God forbid. Anyway, um, <clears throat> we have aged out yeah. of the systems and the processes that we were told were what we needed to do. It's different now. It is different now, just like it was different for them from what their parents and grandparents taught them. That's how it works. That's what comes with time and advancement and development that's how it works and access access. yeah we have access to information in a totally different way now Mm. we literally have with our our phones with our phones our phones we have access to all the information we will ever need more than we'll ever need right 
Child, man. You, yeah. You, you, yep. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Ski, as the young people say. <laughs> this is going to be weird because I, because it you, you pulled that point out of what I said. Mm-hmm. I want to I want to gently challenge it. Come on. Because I think people people don't age out of programming. Mm, the age, I agree. Like the age of the world, like the age that we're living in mm-hmm. has made the circumstances change. Mm-hmm. But we know all the time that people will try to do the same thing that they've always done. So the circumstance is different. The mm-hmm. context that we're living in does not fit, cannot be mapped onto the context that created the programming for an older generation, right? Okay. So how can um, family structures sure. look different, right? Yes. Uh, amount of money that folks are making on their first job, second job out of college, the number of degrees that you need to make, like have to be entry level employee, mm-hmm. right? You get, I know CEOs right now who graduated high school, got into their field, and they've just been there for 40 years and now they run a company, right? Whereas now, if you graduate, you practically need a master's to be entry level. So, so the context has changed, but I don't think people age out of programming. I think you're faced with the opportunity to once you recognize mm. the context is different, but mm-hmm. you still have to make that you still have to make that choice. And to go to go back to the initial question of you know when do men realize it? It can be any number of things. It can be that first girlfriend who you really, 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 really like, right? To put it in in the context of the 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 origin story, the villain origin story of an F boy. Be the girl that you you oof, you thought this was it. Your your mm-hmm. high school sweetheart, your grade school yeah. sweetheart, whatever. Yeah. And you engaged in behavior that threatened that relationship, that ultimately ended that relationship, and you don't know why. You try to look back on it and think of how it went wrong, where it went left, and you can't identify a thing that you did. For some people. That is them recognizing. That's their first recognition of the fact that I've been operating off of a definition or a type or a model of maleness, of masculinity. It's subconscious programming at this point. Mm. I don't even feel I, the person in the moment, may feel like, I don't even feel like I did these things. Mm-hmm. The complaints, mm. the conversations we've had, the arguments, I don't remember doing any of this stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And that can be evidence of the fact that somewhere, somewhere, some somehow, somewhere along the line, you got this download that this is how you're supposed to act, that these are the things that you're supposed to do, that when you're in conflict, you're supposed to raise your voice, assert your dominance, yada, 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 mm-hmm. stuff that you don't even. It's not your, it's not your character. Don't necessarily have the language for yet either. You know, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You Mm -hmm. do it. And that for some people is their recognition of nah, some dude taught me this and I ran with it, and it doesn't actually work. It caused me to lose my first love or what have you. Some people recognize it when they have children. Some people recognize some dudes recognize it when they get divorced. Mm. Some dudes recognize it when they start mentoring other men young men and they feel uncomfortable 
giving them the script that they've recited their entire lives. Mm-hmm. There are so many different moments where a man realizes I'm operating off of something that is not, it doesn't only not make sense. It's not honest to who I am or who I now want to be. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's my thought on that. Gotcha. I got you. I understand that. So I wanted to add on, I had a thought, but also like another thought, two thoughts. Um, (laughs) uh, To what you were saying, Dean, about people not aging out of programming, um, I wanted to take it to the individual level about how we get stuck in trauma. Uh, Mm. And sometimes you get stuck at an age. And so your body is is, is is growing right you're yeah. 30 you're 40 you're yeah. 50 but mentally and developmentally you are 15 yep. years old yep. and you're at that point in time when that thing happened that shattered your you know your hopes your dreams your future it broke your heart for the first time and it was traumatic enough um, and it's different for everyone that as you're going through life you're kind of like on this autopilot kind of thing which is kind of is that what you were saying about the subconscious programming you're behaving in a way but you're not really there um, and so that is where I kind of wonder, I mean, I guess different people wake up at different times if they ever do, but how, like, if you can't wake the next person up, how do you, I feel like this is happening, this is happening, it's a genderless thing, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's even something I've experienced, right? So how do you, how do we get people to be like hey like you're functioning like you're 13 and you're 35 like wake up you know any ideas (laughs) i guess whose responsibility is that though it's the it's the responsibility of the individual however as you and i as dean like as we're interfacing with other people in life. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it takes us walking in our healed selves or in our own self-awareness to say, mm, you still you still have some some things that you need to work on. So I'm gonna just, you know what I mean? But for those who are unaware themselves, now they're subject to that experience with this person who they might think is 45, but really they're dealing with someone who's 17 in the mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wonder if some of that is what we kind of label as being an F-boy, where we can see a level of childishness or immaturity, but this person is stuck. Again, it's not, it's not, it's that person's responsibility. I'm just, you know, kind of putting words to, I think, what we're seeing. Yeah. Because I I think it's the difference between behavior and pattern, right? Mm Mm-hmm. For somebody to have, I think there's a difference between having F boy tendencies and then being just not. This is an F boy, right? It, it's it's cyclical. It's a pattern mm-hmm. that's been established. That's different language for saying this person is stuck. This person is stuck in a mode of operation. This person is stuck in a way of behaving. And like, what to do? It, I I should know the scripture, but I don't. But there's one that talks about one plants, another waters, and God brings the increase. Mm-hmm. I think for us as, as folks who have had the conversation and are part of the conversation, I remember the first time I was in, in therapy and the question was asked, how old are you when you respond 
like what what age so that's one of the questions mm-hmm. I was asked. like what what age are you when you respond to this question that's but then but then also really good in your body is another really, really good question. Yeah. Because yeah. the place we feel it can be the point of the trauma, mm-hmm. right? Can be the point of the abuse. Bodily, we can carry abuse as shame, as this, like, you say this thing, it's a trigger word. It takes me back to 12 when I had no power. And now you are the person who's trying to take my power from me, right? Like, so I think us as people have had the conversation for the people that we care, like that we care about, we continue having conversations like this. We bring it to the forefront that y'all, it is possible to be 45 operating as a 17 year old. I'm not saying that's what you're doing, but some people don't know that this is a, a psychological thing that happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we give people the language for it, the access for it. Hopefully, you know, they don't run off and just to go, oh, you're 45 out of 17. Because we do that sometimes, right? Like we learn the word narcissist and now everybody's a narcissist. Now everybody's a narcissist. Hopefully we don't do that. But we generate the conversation. We create safe, non-judgmental space for people to understand. Okay, so since it's possible, this may be possible for possibly what's happening for me. And then I don't recommend, but for me, the benefit of therapy makes me say that therapy is a useful thing for other people to engage in because i can't have that super high level conversation with you i will fumble over the words but because it is possible to be stuck developmentally talk to somebody about that mm-hmm. that's my recommendation for people who ask me i actually just put my my homeboy onto onto a therapist like last month he was like you talk about it like in such a transformative way like it really changed your life and I've tried it and it hasn't worked, but like you encouraged me to give it another shot. I was like, great, do it. Anyway, I can Wonderful. help. Me. You know? So I think that that is what we, that's what I do. And I, I think when we talk about whose responsibility, responsibility it is, when I remember that the world is not just about me, mm-hmm. creating beauty where I walk is my daily responsibility. Mm -hmm. And so, no, you're not in relationship with me, but you're in relationship with somebody in the community where I walk every day. Mm -hmm. So if I have something helpful to say to you, I'm going to try and say it. Yeah. That's good. I am my brother's keeper and my sister's keeper. Like, you know, like that type of thing. Yeah, one of the things I, I tell people all the time is like finding a good therapist is like finding a good doctor. So like don't give up and keep advocating for yourself until you get what you need because it's so helpful. But you're you're building a relationship with another person. Like you're in a relationship with this person. So um, don't give up just because you find somebody that might not be a good fit, you know. Um, and I just have one last question for you before we wrap up this episode. This has been a really good conversation, y'all. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to know, have you had any conversations with other men who have had maybe like similar experiences? And are there any thoughts that you can share that that men maybe don't speak to women about or just like have conversations at large because there's not a whole lot of grace 
that's that's given. So it's not like question. one light question out of your whole bag. Every every question just got a one ton weight attached to it. The light um, one for episode one. Oh, oh okay. Since <laughs> <laughs> you put it that way. Um I I will say across the spectrum of dudes that I talk to, those that I am in constant contact and fellowship, brotherhood, relationship with, you know, students, folks I've pastored. Um, a, lo a lot of them have indicated that they feel an immense sense of pressure. Yeah. Pressure to be pressure to provide, pressure to perform, pressure to um, compete, pressure to win. Um, a, lot, a lot of pressure. And I am not unfamiliar with the idea, uh, or the idea is not unfamiliar to me to seek places, ways of being, even relationships where the pressure is alleviated. Mm. And it kind of goes back to this idea or this thing that I just said of like, when I remember that the world is not just about me, I remember that it is a responsibility to make beautiful the places where I walk. And sometimes the pressure has been so acute and the pain has been so real that it's hard for dudes to remember that the world is not about them. Mm. Like I need, I need, I need some release somewhere. I need to get back good before I begin thinking about the impact of my behavior on other people. Mm -hmm. Like the world has been so unfair and unkind to me mm -hmm. that if I don't look out for me, who is going to? Mm -hmm. And I think when we're talking about that sentiment being sown deeply, that's where we're talking about those cyclical behaviors. That's where we're talking about the patterns of them not feeling like they've been recharged enough. Like the image of the car who's at the pump. Like dog, you've been filling up your, your tank for the past 30 years and I ain't full yet. Mm. And I will not move until I am. And the behaviors, the patterns, the ways of thinking, the ways of speaking, the ways of interacting and interrelating with the world around them come out of that place. And it's, it is, it is painful to see a person lose opportunities, lose relationships, lose people because they don't know how to move away from the pump. Mm. 
and I see it all the time. Man, oh man. Thank you. So, thank you for joining us again today and continuing this conversation. That was a beautiful response. Um, we're going to wrap up this episode. We want to thank you all for joining us again. I'm Lauren Nicole. And I'm Kasaya. And we want to give a wonderful <laughs> shout out to Dean for joining us. Thank you. Bye. Bye, y'all. Take care. Mm-hmm.